This is Rebecca Lowe, or Rebecca Lua, if you listen to Suboptimal Radio, and you are listening to Men in Blazers on the NBC Sports Network. It's unbelievable! Welcome to a Men in Blazers pod special with the 83rd Attorney General of the United States of America, Ms. Loretta Lynch. The woman who achieved something most football fans believed was not possible, taking out then-FIFA president, Sepp Blatter. I still can't believe this interview happened. The whole experience was so wonderfully surreal. We were planning the night of the Golden Blazer, the illustrious award we hand out annually to the American who's done the most to grow the game we love in the country we love. And the FIFA Slayer's name was a unanimous choice on the lips of the voting conclave. I reached out dutifully to the Department of Justice. My confidence levels were akin to those of a quarterback, poised to throw an 80-yard Hail Mary as the game clock ticks down towards zero. To my shock, the Department of Justice told us they'd been about to reach out to men in blazers. The work of a number of GFOPs who work at the DOJ and had suggested to the AG she'd come on the show. America is amazing. And so we trundled down to our nation's capital, producer JW and producer Jen Simons, and found ourselves inside the Department of Justice, a veritable palace built in the 1930s, an exquisite blend of neoclassical and art deco architecture with sprawling mural depictions of legal heroes from Moses to Hamu Rabbi, and my own personal favourite, a plaque commemorating the eight Nazi saboteurs who landed on the coast of Long Island and Florida and were caught, tried and executed in 1942. After quickly visiting the briefing room where the second FIFA press conference took place in 2015, we taped the interview in the Attorney General's office. An astonishingly beautiful space, awash in walnut, maple, mahogany and hung with oil paintings of RFK. I've never before recorded an interview in front of so many Secret Service agents, and I don't recommend it. It's all a bit too unnerving. They give you no reaction at all. Talk about a tough crowd. Loretta Lynch, though, was a stark contrast to the palatial surrounds. Warm, jovial, and human. She's as I imagined. She's as I hoped, and more. A woman who has defeated every challenge on a rise to the top. And now... Few Americans have done more for global soccer than her. When I do get my American citizenship, I'd love Loretta Lynch to swear me in. And my only regret is that when I presented her with the golden blazer, I realised we'd left the tag on. Here she is, my conversation with the 83rd Attorney General of the United States of America, FIFA slayer, Ms. Loretta Lynch. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a genuine honour to present to you the great American who took down Sepp Blatter, the woman the world knows as the FIFA hunter, the 83rd <laughs> Attorney General of these great United States of America, the one and only Ms. Loretta Lynch. Well, thank you so much for having me on your show. Oh, thank you for joining us here today. It's a great honour to be with you. As a gent who loves two things above all others, America, and soccer. You are a hero for the work and the dedication that you poured into 
bringing down Sepp Blatter and FIFA, which I believe might just be America's greatest gift to the world since the Marshall Plan. Well, well, I thank you on behalf of the outstanding team of lawyers and agents and investigators who worked for years to bring this case together and who continue to move this case forward. Well, everything I know about the Justice Department, I've learned by watching Paul Giamatti in Billions. <laughs> but when I look at your life and your career arc, I just marvel that the person who brought down FIFA and changed world football forever was born in Greensboro, North Carolina, yes. the daughter of a fourth-generation Baptist minister and a soft-spoken librarian. Like Ray in The Force Awakens being plucked from obscurity to take on the First Order, do you feel like you've been on an incredible journey? Well, I think that, that my life has been a wonderful journey. Um, you mentioned my parents. The thing that I got from them that I think has sustained me through all of my different jobs has been a fundamental sense of fairness and equality and opportunity. Then I dig into your story, Ms. Lynch. The more I read about you, the more I come to appreciate two crucial biographical details that made me realize that you were born for the task of FIFA fighting. Your football roots, they run deep. Your first encounter with football, fourth grade, yes. Latewood Elementary School. <laughs> yes, I heard you indeed. had mad skills. <laughs> I'm not sure how mad they were. I think we were all running all over the field. But as a, as a kid, I loved soccer. It is one of the best sports available to every kid. And I'm tremendously happy to see it growing in popularity here in the United States. Then when I look at your career, after you became the federal prosecutor for the U.S. Attorney of the Eastern District in Brooklyn in 1990, you won cases against international sex trafficking rings, terrorists, mafia bosses, organized crime rings. You brought down the mobsters that Scorsese ever so slightly fetishized in Goodfellas. How different was FIFA to all of the above? You know, the common thread there is corruption. People who think that they're above the law, people who think that they can take an organization that is designed to support children and to support people around the world who have nothing but a love for this great game of football and turn it into a personal piggy bank for themselves. Whether it's FIFA, whether it's organized crime, whether it's the financial industry, when people have that attitude, the Department of Justice steps in. Uh, thank God they did, because this case, I mean, it's rooted, and this is what I find fascinating, in the time that you spent as U.S. Attorney for the Eastern District in Brooklyn way back in 2010. Yes. You began to piece together the case over the course of five years. You told the New York Times, we always knew it was gonna be a very large case. How quickly did you know that? Was it the moment that the world's most self-interested soccer dad, Chuck Blazer, was arrested cruising, and this is true, down Fifth <laughs> Avenue on his mobility scooter, November 2011? It's hard to pick one moment, but that was certainly an important one for us and a turning point in the case. Um, through the dedicated work of the lawyers and the agents and investigators, we were able to put together a case that went beyond Chuck Blazer into the halls of FIFA itself, to the individuals who had turned that organization into their personal piggy bank, depriving everyone who benefits from the game and all the kids for whom they are supposed to work to provide soccer fields and balls and coaches, depriving them. You've dealt with huge cases throughout your career. Abner Louima stands out, but never as high profile or far-reaching globally. Did you consider, the world would ask, why are the Americans, did you consider why Americans would ask <laughs> why the Americans getting involved in this FIFA thing isn't it a bit like the British police swooping in to arrest Tom Brady for Deflategate? 
Uh, well, actually, no. Although, although I wasn't happy with the Deflate Gate either. I think, <laughs> I think that, uh, but I think the uh, the uh, NFL is taking care of that one. Uh, but when you look at the integrity of sports, you know, sports are what we use to teach our children about fair play, and playing by the rules, and how you get rewarded, and, and team work, and sportsmanship. And to see that corrupted was something that I think is deeply offensive to everyone, Americans and everyone around the world. But for us, when we also saw that the financial corruption used the American financial system to a great degree. And of course, some of the FIFA Confederation offices are actually in the United States. We saw that they were actually using the U.S. financial system to carry out this scheme of corruption. And that definitely is something that cannot be countenanced. Can I take you back to May 27, 2015, just 35 days after being confirmed as Attorney General, you dropped the hammer an indictment that contained 49 counts against 14 FIFA officials. Oh, watching you at the press conference, stand up and declare a warning to anyone who seeks to live in the past and to return soccer to the days of corruption and bribery, cronyism and patronage, you're on the wrong side of progress. It was a great American moment for me. You are five foot one, five foot two, five foot three, five foot four. <laughs> Keep going, keep going. <laughs> Surrounded by burly American blokes straight out of central casting, and you spoke with an aura of serenity and surety. What do you feel inside in a moment like that? Well, I'm incredibly proud of the work that went into making a case like this, and so it's my job to highlight that, and I'm grateful for that opportunity. I also think it's important that the world see that when people do use the American financial system for corruption, that American justice system will take notice. But I will tell you what I thought about during that moment, what came back to me, was something that had happened several years ago. Uh, in the early 2000s, I was actually in South Africa on business the weekend that they learned they had won the 2010 World Cup. And I saw how that whole action lifted, not just the country of South Africa, but the continent of Africa. And certainly I've been in Europe when other important World Cup games have been played. And I've seen the importance to national pride, to national spirit, and also the looking at the, at the story that anyone, if they work hard enough and play by the rules, can succeed in this wonderful game of football. And I remembered that moment at the time, and I thought, how unfortunate that South Africa's wonderful moment had been sullied by corruption. They did a wonderful job with the 2010 World Cup. Uh, and I thought, you know, it's important to vindicate their interests. It's important to vindicate all the countries who come in and work cooperatively and honestly with FIFA. It's important to vindicate the interests of everyone who trusts the organization to support the game, to expand the game. That's what I was thinking about at that moment. The response. Because for me, this is one of the most powerful American moments up there with when you threw out the British. But I wasn't alone in that. Politico wrote, the pantheon of world soccer has a new hero to the names of Pele, Maradona, Cruyff and Messi, add another, Loretta Lynch, destined to go down as the most consequential woman in the history of the game. I mean, he missed out Kyle Beckerman's name to that list, but that sentiment is well placed. Your face on the TV screens around the globe. In Germany, they wrote that you should simply be called FIFA Jagerin, the FIFA Hunter. At home, Marvel Comics drew you as the FIFA Slayer. <laughs> I know you like to play down the personal side, the individual side, 
of your achievements and your accomplishments. But you get a kick out of being portrayed as a badass, unsheathed, broadsword wielding, soccer ball clutching <laughs> superhero. Well, no one's given me the sword yet, so I don't really know. Um, but uh, I'm tremendously gratified that people appreciate the work that went into this case. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm tremendously gratified that people understand the significance of the case, the importance of the issues that we seek to expose when we do corruption cases like this. And I've been tremendously, tremendously grateful for the support of the other countries who've helped us put this case together, because it truly is a partnership that we have been able to forge with other countries who are as committed as we are to rooting out corruption in this great sport. The end of February, FIFA elected a new president, the Italian Swiss Gianni Infantino. What emotions did you experience watching the first post-set blatter FIFA election? Well, of course, um, I think I wish the new president well. Um, FIFA is looking towards a reform agenda. We hope that they continue in that direction. It's a tremendous job he's taken on. Uh, and I certainly hope that he has the support that he needs and the commitment that he needs from every officer and director of not just FIFA, but the confederations to continue with the reform model. Amen. I want to talk about you for one moment. At a ceremony at the White House, upon announcing your nomination as Attorney General, President Obama said that you Loretta Lynch might be the only lawyer in America who battles mobsters and drug lords and terrorists and still has a reputation for being a charming people <laughs> person. How are you surrounded by such human darkness? And I mean the cases that you immerse yourself in, but you remain a force of the light. I focus on the tremendous spirit and courage of the victims that I've met throughout my career. People who have been through tremendous suffering, tremendous pain, have been the object of attack, personal, psychological, and yet they have come through and they have turned to me to help tell their stories in case after case. And so I look at their courage uh, and I, I really get great comfort and find great belief in the human spirit when I see that. Seth Blatter watches our show. He likes our wig work. What message do you have for him if he's watching? I don't have a specific message for Mr. Blatter. Uh, my message really is to anyone who's involved in the great sport of football. As I've said before, the reform agenda is one that we hope will move forward. And we hope that FIFA as an entity can get back to its pure goal and its pure roots of supporting this sport, supporting the children who want to play and grow and advance. And that anyone who seeks to take FIFA back to the days of cronyism and bribery is living in the past and should not be part of FIFA's future. Oh, that is poetry to the ears of every true world football fan. I know we're not the first people to come in and thank you for what you've done. Have you had anyone out of the blue, a kid on the street or a dignitary at a state dinner come up to you? and just thank you unexpectedly in a way that's really put this all into focus. Um, actually, I, I've, I've talked to uh, young people in different countries, particularly when I've traveled to Europe, who've expressed thanks. And it is very gratifying, and I always accept those thanks on behalf of the entire team who worked on this case. Uh, and it's tremendously important to us that people understand and see our work and know that it really is on their behalf that we fight this fight. What lesson about life can we learn from your remarkable, deeply American rise to near football sainthood? <laughs> well, I think that with hard work, almost anything is possible. Don't let anyone hold you down. 
Don't let others define you. And find what, what is important to you in life. For me, it is pushing forward those goals of fairness and wiping out corruption. And throw yourself into that with your whole being. Attorney General Lynch, thank you. On behalf of all world football fans in general, American soccer fans in particular, it's an honor to be with you today. It's been an honor to meet you as well. Thank you.